I just want to throw that opportunity out for those that are interested in growing in that area. But God has used this couple powerfully over the years. Many great revivals have broken out in cities because of the power of God being demonstrated through the operation of the gift of faith. Unexplainable, amazing, fantastic miracles have taken place in their ministry. And I believe that during these 40 days of healing, we've got a promise from God that God's going to do some unexplainable, amazing things in our midst. We've already seen it begin to happen in our midst, and it's going to continue. So I want to put your hands together, and I want you to welcome Brother and Sister Hernandez to come minister the word of the Lord to us today. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Brown. I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because there is no greater name on this planet Amen. than Jesus. You know, the Bible says that the devils tremble at the knowledge that there's one God. It doesn't even give us verbiage to tell us what hell does when you say his name. It just says they tremble at the knowledge that we know there's one God. There are no words to what happens in the spirit realm when you start saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Because there's something about the power of the name of Jesus Christ. That's why we baptize in Jesus' name. That's why we call on the name of Jesus when we're sick. That's why we do what we do all in the name of Jesus. There's something about the name. Nothing happens like that when you say Allah. Nothing happens like that when you say Muhammad. Nothing happens like that when you say Krishna. Nothing happens like that when you mention the 300 million Hindu gods. You know why? Because there is no power in those names. There is only power in the name of Jesus. Did you know that every other religion in the world offers you something in forward motion? In other words, sometime in the future? Do you know that Christianity is the only entity that offers you salvation now that's what makes this so powerful is that God can heal you now God will save you now God will restore you now God will help your mind now God will touch your body now God will heal your back now God will cause your cancer to disappear now God will remove your arthritis now you're in a now moment So you have to understand and recognize this isn't a moment to think about. This is a moment to engage in or step into. You don't come to an atmosphere like this and say, that was nice, I'll think about it. You missed the moment. You just stepped into a moment where time becomes no more. That's why God can take six months of chemotherapy and wrap it up in a moment and your cancer disappears. Why? Time just became no more. 
That's the reason when you feel the Spirit moving on you, or you feel, as some people say, aura change or atmosphere change, understand, hey, wait, this is God. This isn't a club. This isn't your house. This isn't a sports arena. This is the presence of God. So when you feel the movement of God, step into it, and a miracle is going to start happening for you. Clap your hands unto the Lord as my wife comes to minister in music. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. I want you all as you're being seated to say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. One more time. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's from a powerful scripture that Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Yes, but still I will say blessed be the name of the Lord. And it's so powerful because whether you're today celebrating something that God just gave you, maybe you were healed in the prayer meeting last night or, or while we were worshiping, you feel God has already healed you. Or maybe you're still struggling with a financial problem or your stomach is turning because of relationship problems in your family. Or maybe you have pain in your body still at this time. But if you, in the painful times, if you can still say, blessed be the name of the Lord, then you're indicating to God that you have faith that he can do anything. And so I challenge you as we play this song, it's an instrumental, so there's plenty of space for you to shout out to him, blessed be the name of the Lord, as we play this for his glory. But join with us and worship him and bless him no matter what state you're in in your life and believe for great miracles in Jesus name worship with us
Somebody give him praise from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Somebody bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. If you have the ability to speak in tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance, why don't you open your mouth, lift up your voice, loose your spirit, and let the quickening of the Holy Ghost help you right now. You may be seated. Don't get freaked out when people start speaking in a heavenly language. It's a cultural thing. We are part of a culture from heaven. Any of you speak more than one language naturally? Speak more than one language? Raise your hand. You know why I speak in Spanish? I didn't learn Spanish in school. But the reason puedo hablar en español poquito es porque es el lenguaje de la casa de mi padre. It's the language of my father's house. My dad is from Mexico. He came over here with a third grade education at 17. The only reason I speak in Spanish is because when I go home, it's más fácil para mí poder comenzar nomás cambiar y hablar en español con mi papá porque es más fácil así. It's, it's easier for me to go ahead and just talk with dad in Spanish because he feels more comfortable. You know why? It's the language of my father's house. You know why I talk in tongues? Because when I come to the house of the Lord and I step into the house of my father, it's a whole lot easier just to go ahead and let that begin to flow as my father gives me the utterance. So it's just, it's a cultural thing, man. It's kind of like talking orale, that kind of language. That's what we talk when I go preach in San Jose at the barrio. I don't talk with proper English. They, don't, they think I'm white. I tried it one time, Brother Brown. I went over there. All my cousins were in the congregation in Morgan Hill. I started preaching. They go, man, he sounded white tonight. They looked at my wife said, what happened to him? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I was okay tonight, but man, what happened? ¿Qué pasó? And so I thought, all right, I'll fix this. So the next night I got up and I said, orale, como están? Praise the Lord. Amen. Man, they went crazy. They tore the paint off the walls. Why? It's a cultural thing. Listen, if you're not filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in a heavenly language, let God do that for you. He wants to do it more than you possibly could want it. Why? It's a cultural thing. He wants you to become accustomed to this heavenly culture. That way when you get to heaven, you're not in shock. You know, people that get to heaven aren't going to go, wow, I can't believe this. No. Why? They'll have familiarity. So get familiar down here before you get up there. Does that make sense? It's supposed to make sense. This isn't some weirdism. They're weird out there. We're not weird in here. 
Amen. That's the weirdism. And isn't it amazing how people have gotten accustomed to that weirdism, and now they think this is a weirdism? This is where the Creator is comfortable. And this is where the Creator starts doing miracles. And He wants you to come into this culture. That way, inside of this culture, He's always healing. He's always saving. He's always restoring. He's always conditioning. He's always revealing. He's always helping. He's always strengthening. He's always lifting. And the... the the depth of the need is always described, it has been since 1991, when I was standing in a pulpit at Brother Hale's church in Denver, Colorado, and I was actually sitting first in the first row, and my body began to go incredibly weak, and I thought, God, what's happening to me? I'm not sick, I'm not tired, but my body is going wobbly, like I've never been on a stage before or something, that kind of feeling, you know, where your legs are just like... You're making praise with your kneecaps. You understand? Ever been in that moment? Well, it's not like it was the first time I'd ever preached. I'm sitting on the front row. My body's going weak, and I start trembling. I, I said, God, what is happening to me? I don't know what's happening to me. Am I diseased? What's going on? I don't know what's going on. God wouldn't explain because God's not in the business of explaining himself. He's in the business of revealing himself. So if you're looking for an explanation, you got a long wait, baby. It's going to be a while before you get an answer from God. But if you're looking for a revelation and you open your spirit and your understanding, he'll start revealing more than you've got question marks. I was sitting on that front row and I thought he was about to invite me to come to the pulpit and I thought, God, I can't get up off this chair. If I don't get over there to that pulpit, he's just going to look at me like something's gone wrong. God, you got to help me. And I couldn't hardly push myself off that seat. And I thought, Lord, please help me. And he called me up and I, I thought, what is happening to me? When I got to that pulpit, the anointing came on me and God began to reveal to me. And from that year, 91, until now, it happens every time. When I go wobbly and week. It is the defining point of the base of the needs that have come into the house. They literally start pulling on my physical frame and by the wobbliness I'm getting that I got during song service as people begin to come in, you've come in with some major situations on your life. But God has come here with some major solutions for your life. So I want you to open your cistern, open your spirit, open your human spirit and allow God. Don't try to, don't try to diagnose what God's trying to do. That's like you trying to diagnose a doctor when he's going to operate. When you're going to get operated on, you got to go under anesthesia. You know what anesthesia is? Trust. You know how to, you, you know how to apply anesthesia? Praise. Praise is the anesthesia of God's hospital room. Why? Because praise numbs your flesh. Why? Because your flesh tells you, now don't raise your hands. Your flesh tells you, now don't clap your hands. Your flesh tells you, now don't jump up and down like those crazy people on the platform. But you know what God's trying to get you to do? Numb your flesh so by the time he gets done, he's made your spirit whole. He's made your mind whole. He's made your heart new. He's... Clap your hands, all ye people. Somebody lift up your voice and shout. Unto God with a voice of praise.
want you to look at your neighbor as I attempt to preach to you and tell them it's about time for your miracle. Uh-huh. Now look at the person a little less known and look at somebody perhaps you don't live with and say, it's about time for your miracle too. This is a word from the Lord for somebody specifically. The weight of your sorrow is being replaced with the lifting of his joy. The weight of your sorrow is being replaced. Somebody say replaced. Got to let it go. God can't replace something without you letting go of something. It's being replaced with the lifting of his joy. Now, I want to talk to you about what God wouldn't let me get away from, and that is getting rid of the fear in order to obtain the fear of the Lord. Because both fears can't operate in the same location. You're either going to have a fear of crisis, situation, circumstance, finance, family, issues, trouble, personal life stuff, amen, corporate life stuff, whatever. Fear of the enemy is going to try some way to influence our minds to take on a fear that doesn't belong to us. You know, the people that probably have the most struggles with fear is the ones that have that sign on their trucks. No fear. I mean, if you have to tell it, you probably don't have it. It's kind of like trying to say I'm a Christian. Well, why are you having to tell everybody? They ought to know that because they were first called Christians. They never called themselves Christians at Antioch. They were called Christians by somebody else who saw them doing the works of Christ. It's actually not biblical to call yourself a Christian. It's actually biblical to show that you are, and everybody else says, wow, you must be a Christian. You're healing the sick, you're raising the dead, and you're cleansing the lepers. I'm sorry, was it something I said? You kind of just stared at me like you never heard that, I think, maybe, perhaps, possibly. But let me tell you what fear is in short. Somebody coined it like this. It's a pretty good statement. Fear is the dark room where people develop their negatives. And for you digitized people, a dark room is where we had strips of film that you put in a solution until it began to develop the film that was on there and you'd pick it up in that, in that light, that hippie light, that blue light or black light, and you look through that film and you begin to see images. That's a dark room for you iPhones, iPad, i whatever, i i i is the Mexican version of the iPhone. But that's that dark room that causes your mouth to begin to reflect a fear that has affected you. And I thought, you know why? Why does hell use fear? Well, it can't use faith. Hell doesn't have faith. The devil doesn't have faith. Why? Because the Bible specifically tells us, faith cometh how? By hearing. Hearing what? Hearing the word of God. You can't get faith without the word of God. Why? That is the kind of faith that opens the door where God steps into your world and he heals your body and he saves your soul. That's the only way faith can get to you. So hell thought, hmm, since I can't use faith, I got to find a good trade-off. 
He could have used a lot of things. And I could go down a list of a whole lot of things that he does that he could have used. But he chose to use fear. And I pondered that for a season and I thought, why would you choose fear? And it hit me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of everything. And if you establish the fear of the Lord, everything creative begins to fall into its order by the one who speaks it into existence. And I thought, that's it. If he steals a fear of the Lord from your life, he replaces it with a fear of this world, a fear of what you're going through, a fear of some sickness, a fear of a report, a fear of a family failure, a fear of some marital situation, a fear of something that's coming in crisis in your life. And the moment he does that, he has us trapped in a sector where we can't step into faith because the fear of the Lord has been eradicated there. Am I making sense to you? I want to make sense to you. The Bible says that even when you got towards the end of time in Luke 21, by verse 26, with all the perplexities and distresses of the nation and the change of environments and atmospherical unexplainable changes in our systematic patterns of weather and stuff like that and colds and heats. He said when you get in that time and the seas and the waves are roaring and you've got storms where there's never been storms in a hundred years or you've got situations, he said, at that juncture, Verse 26 said, men's hearts will be failing them for fear. He said, hell will try to make such an injection of fear to try to eradicate the fear of the Lord. Why? Because it is right on the heels of the coming of the Son of Man. He said, why? It's going to be his last attempt to try to rob some dimension of your faith to keep the greatest miracle from happening in your life, which is the rapture of the church. Fear is the place where hell has now attempted to try to steal your miracle, but God is here to restore the fear of the Lord because once you get to the fear of the Lord, the fear of hell has to go. Once you get to the fear of the Lord, stuff begins to drop off you like old dead flies. Once you get to the fear of the Lord, God begins to move from his celestial world into our natural world, and that's when stuff begins to move. It's like that girl that was at the airport in Houston. She had two cancer balls behind her ears. She had left college. She was on her way home to say hi to her friends because the doctor told her, you're going to die. You know, we're pretty sold on what doctors say. You know how I know that? We'll spend five hours to get an opinion and five minutes to hear from God. Let me challenge you that the next time you go to the doctor and spend two, three, four, five hours, give that same time to God at an altar and dwell there for the same amount of time 
You know what the difference will be? The doctor's going to give you an opinion, but God's going to give you a verdict. Clap your hands. Let that absorb into your human spirit for just a second because we've been so doctorified, we can't get healified. I believe in doctors as a last resort. Before you dial 911, scream Jesus at least. Hello? Is that okay? You guys believe in this kind of stuff, right? I know he does or he wouldn't have called me. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the, somebody say beginning. This is where it all starts. The beginning of wisdom, and I thought, that's it. Wisdom was what was with God, according to Proverbs. Wisdom was with God when he created the earth. Because wisdom speaks as an entity around chapter 7 and 8 of Proverbs. And he says, I was there when the foundations of the earth were framed. I was there when the fountains of the deep came forth. I was there. I thought, that's it. That's what God's trying to speak to me. He said, if you'll get the fear of the Lord in your life, I'll eradicate the other fears. And right at that juncture, my creative works will begin to start working in your life. That's what happened to this girl at the airport. She's sitting in the Houston Intercontinental Airport telling her mom, I'm coming home. I'm going to die. I'm going to say bye to my friends, and I'm quitting college because I'm going to die. And there's a young man there. He's probably about 18, 19 years old. He's on his way back from West Virginia. And he's in the airport waiting for his plane. And he hears that. And God says to him, she's not going to die. And he thinks, wow, that's awesome. Wow. I'll say that backwards. Wow. Took you a second. I'm just checking on you. And, and I thought, God's trying to heal her. I'm going to go over and tell her. Well, she didn't know God from anybody. She wasn't familiar with God. She didn't have any understanding of God. And he walks up to her and says, I'm sorry to, to eavesdrop on your conversation. She said, I know, I know. I got a big mouth. I'm sorry. He said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. While you were talking and talking about your situation, God spoke to me. And I don't know if you believe in God or not. She said, I don't know either. He said, but God spoke to me and said, you're not going to die. She said, yes, I am. He said, no, you're not. She said, yes, I am. I said, well, no, you're not. She said, well, who are you? So well, I'm nobody, but it's my God. He's everything. She said, well, how do I know what your God's going to do? He said, I don't know. Would you let me pray for you? She said, I guess it won't hurt. I'm going to die anyway. He said, you're not going to die. She said, all right, whatever. So she said, how do I do that? How do I pray? She didn't even know how to pray. Imagine, I'm talking about somebody that basically is godless like most of our society. And he said, well, why don't you start praying? She said, well, what do I say? He said, well, I don't know. Just say, I believe. Remember that song? I believe, I believe. Remember that song? Just sung it. I hope you remember it. <laughs> she starts saying, I believe. Kind of quiet. She didn't want to get too loud. She wasn't sure yet. I believe. I believe. 
I believe. She got a little louder. She started feeling something. I believe. Know what happened? Fear of the Lord's being restored. You know how it's happening? Faith is being exercised now, and all of a sudden, her faith in a doctor that said she was going to die is now having a shift. It's now turning to a God that says you're going to live. So she starts getting a little louder. I believe. He said, before you know it, she's screaming. I believe. I believe. He said, you could hear cell phone conversations turning off at the Houston Intercontinental Airport. You could hear laptops closing. You can hear, amen, people turning their attention toward us. We got a mob of people looking at us as she's screaming. I believe and begins to tremble under the power of God. He said, about that time, I reached my hands behind her ears, and I said, in Jesus' name, and both of the cancers fell off in my. I believe. Said about that time she's trembling under the presence of God. And I laid my hand on her head and she started speaking in other tongues as God filled her with the Holy. Because just to get to God, you have to believe. He that cometh to God must believe. And if all you do, you say, well, I'm a believer, but I don't want to go any far. All you did was come to God. You haven't even experienced the depths of God. Believing is just the coming to God. So when people tell, well, I already believe, I, I believe, I believe. You know what they're telling me? I just want to stay at the entrance in case I want to go back. Let me check it out first, right? That's why that big old deal on new cars now, where you can go try it. They let you try the car. They probably don't do a lot of that in L.A., but there's some places. <laughs> they let you try the car, let you drive it, test drive it. And then even for a week now, some of them let you go off for a day or a week, let you try the car. Why? We are in a try-it society. But God says, no, I want your faith in order to remove the fear that has you blocked from the miracle I already designed to give you. See, it's not God up in heaven and all of a sudden you believe and say, man, I believe. And God says, oh, hurry, I wasn't expecting that. No, 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 no. That miracle has already been loosed in this atmosphere. There are literally hundreds and thousands of miracles right above us hovering right here in this atmosphere. And what God's expecting of us is to rid that fear that says, well, I don't know if I should pray. I don't know if I should lift my hands. What do you always say when you're going to walk into a dimension you're unfamiliar with? I'm a little afraid. I'm a little hesitant. I'm a little fearful. I'm a little, well, I don't, I don't know. I have to think about this first. What are you really saying? You're really saying is I've got a fear that's locking me up. Because when you have the fear of the Lord, it's an automatic entrance gate. It's an automatic I'm coming. Why? Because you recognize it. It connects you with the God of heaven. And that fear actually opens a door. The fear of the Lord opens a gate for God to start doing creative miracles. The guy is running to the plane. They're calling the last call. He's trying to get on the airplane. And a woman grabs him by an arm and says, you got to stop. He said, I got to go. She said, you got to stop. 
She said, you don't understand, son. She said, I've never seen anything like that. She said, I've been an agnostic all my life, and I've got a migraine headache, I believe. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Let that germinate in your spirit. I'm trying to tell you, something's about to fall off your frame. Something's about to fall off your human spirit. Something's about to fall off your mind. So God can cause an injection. He said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And he also said in Proverbs 8 and 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate pride. Well, I, I don't hate pride. I, I, I kind of like pride because it's what sustains me. That's a fear trap from the enemy. You see, pride is Satan's key element to cause people to stay attached to their fears. Why? Because pride keeps you from becoming vulnerable. And remember, Lucifer didn't get kicked out of heaven for adultery, right? Or for lying or cheating or stealing. What did he get kicked out for, you know? Pride. Lucifer got kicked out of heaven because he had pride. So what do you think he's going to use to keep you attached to his kingdom? Pride. Why are we so quiet? Was it something I said? I'm sorry. Is there really that much pride in here that I really hit such a strong button you can't even talk? Come on, talk to me, somebody. Make me feel a little better. That's why humility is the greatest access to the fear of the Lord, because pride doesn't know what to do with humility. That's why repentance is the key faction to the entrance gate of all of heaven's access to what God's about to start pouring into your life. Why? Because the moment you repent, hell goes crazy, because it just lost its grip. And God said, I hate pride. I hate arrogancy. I hate the evil way in the forward mouth. Do I hate? Why does he hate it? Because it stops the operation of the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning to creative miracles. You know what a creative miracles is when God takes a missing part and he puts it back. It's when God, like he took that hole in the heart of a woman at Brother Lachika's church. I didn't even know this. I just found this out yesterday when we went to their dedication. They just dedicated a building in South County, Orange County, South County. And they dedicated this building. He was telling some of the testimonies that happened when we went over there. I didn't even know about this. A woman or a man, I don't know what it was. It was an individual, but I know it was in other genders. That's for sure. I know that part for a fact. It was either a male or a female. Can I get a witness? That's all there is. And nobody's smarter than God. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Just wanted to check how much deliverance we needed. <laughs> Amen. And some individual had a hose closed up in their heart 
That's a creative miracle, sweetheart. That's when God takes the childhood disease of asthma that you've been carrying all your life. And all of a sudden, in an atmosphere like this, God reaches in and he breathes the breath of life into your lungs, and your lungs begin to feel the healing aspect of God. And all of a sudden, asthma gets swallowed. You understand? Yeah. Mm. Prophecy is about to move into this atmosphere. And God's about to start allowing us to step into the dimension of the fear of the Lord. Once you step in to the dimension of the fear of the Lord, you know what you don't do in the fear of the Lord dimension? You don't have to ask. Miracles become the byproduct. Did anybody catch that? You see, the closer you get to his throne, the less you have to ask him to do this or that or the other for you. Why? Because it's the byproduct of his supernatural presence. And when you get to the throne, like Revelation 22 says, he says inside that atmosphere, there's healing for the nations. Inside that atmosphere, there's no curse. That's that atmosphere of the fear of the Lord. So how do you get to hating those things that sometimes you seem to love? Ever found yourself doing that? Paul did. He said, the things I hate, I end up doing. How's that happen? It's called flesh. It's not called the devil. It's called flesh. And you see, the entrance gate of the fear of the Lord being repentance does something. Don't think of repentance as a last escape effort just to get God to have mercy on you, to forgive you of your sins so you won't die. Repentance is not really that. Repentance is really an entire module that becomes the entrance gate to everything that God does. So I know that people come to God repenting. They're repenting for all the stuff they did in their lives, and that's all right for an initial access. But I want you to take another step further right here with repentance. You see, Jesus was baptized of John in Jordan. In the book of Mark, it tells us that Jesus went to John, and we know that Jesus had no sin. Amen? And I thought, okay, so why would he go to John to fulfill the scriptures, but why would he do it, and why would the stuff that happens happen? Turn to Mark 1 if you can. I don't know if you have media pull up here for scripture. Turn to Mark chapter 1. I'm going to tell you what happens. In a moment, we're going to have a chance to open our mouths and repent. When you do that, something is about to happen in God's supernatural world that's going to start a restoration of the fear of the Lord, and it automatically begins to cause something to happen in the heavenlies because the Bible says that when Jesus showed up at John's waters in Jordan, he was baptized of John, which John's baptism was what? A baptism of repentance. Say it. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Jesus goes down and gets submerged in repentance who had no sin and knew no sin. And the Bible says in verse number 10 of Mark chapter 1, and straightway, somebody say immediately. And straightway up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened. Now get 
a concept here that the heavens had been shut for 4,000 years since the Garden of Eden. There was no open heaven for 4,000 years. You can't find an open heaven in the Old Testament. You can only find windows. Daniel had windows. Noah had windows. Even Malachi says, amen, by the end of the Old Testament, there's windows. But there's not an open heaven, amen, until Jesus unlocks that chamber and teaches us how to do the same. He said, anybody that will consume themselves in repentance, I'm going to do for you what happened unto me at that moment, that when you submerge yourself in repentance, I will literally open the heavens. And I thought, God, this is powerful. Jesus, you understand what that means? I mean, granted, windows can only be so big, right? But he said, what I'm about to do for you, in other words, you might say, well, my situation is so bad, God couldn't possibly fix this because it's so big, it couldn't possibly fit through a window if you want to look at size-wise. He said, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give no reason for anyone to say, God can't help me. He said, when they repent, I won't open a window, I won't open a door, I will open the heaven. He said, in other words, there's nothing in this room right now. Even the weakness you've been going through in the framework of your body and the deficiency of the cells that have been filling the weakness in your blood stream would not even be able to compare with the strength that I shall give you out of an open heaven. And the weakness that you've been suffering in your body is loosening your body right now by the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name Jesus and by the anointing that is upon me That's it. Clap your hands one more time. Give a praise unto God. Let's run a little while. Come on. Let's run a little. How you feel? You feel all right? Is it all gone? Yeah, it's all gone. Somebody rejoice with her. I don't even know what she had, but somewhere in that blood, amen, the blood of the lamb that taketh away the sin of the world has taken off. If you need to be healed, 
I want you to lift your hands and say, Jesus, I will be healed. Lift your hands and say it, Jesus, I will be healed. Say it again, Jesus, I will be healed. Now, in that moment, you just had a what if show up in your mind. That's that fear that's blocking you, that's saying, well, but he doesn't know. Well, but it's that fear that's blocking you. Why? Because healing is in the house right now. So don't let that fear get in the way of the fear of the Lord. Why? Because here's what the Lord says about the fear of the Lord. Psalm Proverbs 10 and 27 says, the fear of the Lord prolongeth days. What is that? Healing. Why? Because what are you looking for? More days when they tell you you're going to die. Hello? You're not looking for less days. That's for sure. You're looking for more days. You know, when offense attacks us, it hurts our heart. Hablas español. Y cuando la ofensa viene, quiere como una espada empujar el corazón para poner una pausa delante de ti para no poder andar a la derecha ni a la izquierda. Y has estado en una parada porque alguien te dolió en tu corazón. Y quebró un contrato con tu vida Y causó un dolor tan intento Que no has podido andar Pero en este día El Señor viene con sangre Para restaurar tu espíritu En comparación de la gloria Del reino que está en este lugar Que ha venido sobre ti Para consumir tu mente y tu alma Dele voz, abre tu boca Levante las manos y deja Que le borró con Sotanamarra Que le Espíritu comience a restaurar y quitar ese endañamiento que ha querido causar. Amén. En el nombre de Jesús. Dele un aplauso al Señor que vive en esta casa de Jehová. Somebody clap your hands, all ye people. Give a voice of praise in the house of the Lord. In the carro, Shekoria Marahata, Proverbs 14:26 says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. What's the fear of the enemy removes strong confidence and replaces it with self-confidence. The world tries to teach us to be self-confident. That comes out of the basis of pride. That's why when you go to a university and all they do is profess to you because they're called professors, you never see them demonstrate. Why? They're professors. That's the difference between a preacher and a professor. A professor just professes. A preacher demonstrates. And if he ain't demonstrating, he's probably a professor. <laughs> In the fear of the Lord is strong. Come 
confidence. Why? Because that confidence is no longer in you. That confidence is now in God. And all this self-confidence mumbo-jumbo is like what I think about education. I think you ought to get an education. Go to university, graduate, get a master's, whatever. And you know, here's what I think. Get, a, get an education, then get over it. Don't walk all high and mighty. It's just an education. It's not a revelation. And wouldn't you much rather have a revelation than just a simple education? I mean, get both. He said, if you have the fear of the Lord, I'll restore strong confidence. Your children shall have a place of refuge. said, you let me restore the fear of the Lord. I'll not just take care of you. I will promise to take care of your children. He said, tell you what else I'll do. Verse 27, keep going. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, Ponce de Leon. You get that? You want that fountain of youth? We found it. It's not in Florida. It's in the Word of God. Why? Because I'll give you a fountain of life. Everybody with blood disease, raise your hands. Everybody with blood disease. High blood sugar, low blood sugar. Blood imbalances, even a dead pancreas, and the pancreas it's dying, slowly it's dying, and your numbers are changing by the month. Every time you go get checked, your numbers change. Lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands. Let this fountain of life that came from the fountain of blood that came out of his side, blood and water on that cross of Calvary, now begin to flow into the sinners of your flesh and literally the white and red blood cells of your body into the organs, the kidneys, and the livers. Under the pancreas of your physical frame right now, in the name of Jesus, I want everybody else to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Begin to pray by the Spirit. That's it, right there. Let that go, right there. That's a flow. That's a flow. What you're feeling, that's a flow. That's a flow. That's a flow. That's a flow right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. In the name of Jesus, that's a flow. That's a flow. All the way back to your childhood. Right there. Unto hereditary. Under the bloodline of Jesus Christ that's being reconnected upon you now. Just absorb that for a moment. Take it in like a sponge taking in moisture. Take it in. 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 Right there. I'm not the healer. He's the healer. He's the healer. 
but it's flowing through right now. It's flowing through like Peter said. Silver and gold have I none, such as I have give I thee. It's like being a container and God pouring stuff into you in other meetings during other movements and you get into the next meeting and God starts to take from that container. He put miracles in there. I don't know what they are. I just try to walk and as I walk and I feel a movement of the spirit, then I know God's trying to lose something. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with availability. And it has to do with God in a moment in time when he quickens us and we feel something. It's the same thing that Peter felt in Acts chapter 3. He looked at the man and he said, look on us. Why? That's the moment right now. That's the moment when literally God begins to impart something that he loosed maybe at a prayer meeting, maybe last night. I can tell you last night a lot of miracles were lodged. Some are for you, some are for others. You have to be ready for the quickening so the ones that are for others, they don't get missed. And what's being imparted right now are miracles that are coming through your body. And if you start feeling cool or heat, understand God's now healing you. I don't ever call the Lord our great physician. There's actually no scripture that says he's our great physician. That's just something that we created over time because he's called physician in the Bible. But go back and study it. You know where he was called physician? He told them in Luke 4, he said, you'll call me physician, heal thyself. That's what you'll say to me. He didn't say to call him that. He said, that's what the world will say to me because that's the world's perception of somebody that works in the miraculous. And their perception when Jesus was on the cross was, physician, heal thyself. Remember? He's never really associated with a physician. You know why? Physicians make mistakes. Healers don't. And the Bible says, I am the God who forgiveth all thy sins, and what? And healeth all thy disease. So what I'm trying to tell you is under the fear of the Lord, here comes the healer. Here comes the healer. He's going he's gonna to heal. There's a brokenness in here. There's a brokenness that took place. And it caused an incredible loneliness. But today, loneliness is going to leave you, and he's going to become that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And while you're talking in tongues right now, God's going to remove that isolation feeling, that loneliness feeling you've been going through. It's going to leave you now. You're not going to suffer that this week, next week, next month, or next year. It's the Korrika Shatalabahaya. God has loosened the dimension of a friend that sticketh closer than a brother so you can get to knowing him as a father. In the destiny of this journey, he will become a friend, then he will become a father. To restore the missing elements in the journey of your past, and restore those that are coming now in the future, saith the Lord of hosts. You ever, you ever had an anger tantrum? Just blurted out in frustration? You better say yes. She's looking at you with all looking and all understanding with that looking. You might want to go ahead and just admit it. <laughs> It'd be good because God already showed me that you did. And God already showed me they're like explosions that happen in different sections of your life. He said, if you'll let it go, 
I'll actually replace that with a peace that passeth. This is where your struggle is. All understanding. Your wrestling match is right here. It's not right here. It's right here. And you've tried and tried and tried to get higher and higher and higher in the level of your mind to be able to conquer some stuff that's going on in here. And the Lord's telling me to tell you that if you'll let go and you'll let him begin to establish peace, that you'll learn how to walk in peace and then you'll lead a whole bunch of others that will be able to walk in peace. Because you have some influence. But the way you're using it is by force. And God said, I want to teach you how to use influence by peace. He said, because I am the prince of peace, and my kingdom suffereth no violence. And the only way you're able to have power is through somewhat of violence. He said, but I'll remove that violence, and I'll put peace in that chamber. And if you'll let go today, 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 if you'll let go and let God and worship him like you've never worshiped him in your life and make yourself vulnerable, God's going to lodge a dimension of peace inside you that passeth all under standing and give you the influence that you were looking for in the first place but in a righteous way holy holy is the Lord holy is the Lord the fear of the Lord tendeth to life and he that hath it Proverbs 19, 23. He who has the fear of the Lord shall abide, listen to this word, satisfied. He said the fear of the Lord will put you in a place where you'll want nothing. How many of us can lift our hand? Don't do it. But I wonder how many of us could possibly lift our hands and say, I can go through all my life right now and I can honestly say I don't want anything. I don't want to ask God for anything. I don't need anything. I don't think I need anything. And I don't want anything. I bet you there wouldn't be too many hands up and I'm not even a gambling man. But he said, the fear of the Lord, it will not just give you life, but you will literally abide. That means live satisfied. And listen to this phrase. He shall not be visited with evil. All these people that tell me that hell comes and attacks their houses, I'm thinking, it's a lack of the fear of the Lord. Because God promised me that if I have the fear of the Lord in my life, that visit from hell can't happen. It can't happen. Are you reading this? Hello, somebody talk to me. I know you're in shock, but at least look, amen. Come on, somebody say amen if you can't. I'm trying to tell somebody. You say, all right, fear, that's it. Today's the day you're leaving my house. This is enough. Enough is enough. You've been messing with my mind, my heart, my family, my finance, my body. You're leaving today. He 
He said, because not only will I do that, but Proverbs 22, 4 says, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. He said, nobody that's associated with humility and the fear of the Lord is going to be in poverty. I know why you ain't clapping, but I ain't going there. I'll just leave that between you and God and the use of your credit cards. Well, I really shut it down now. Was it the plastic thing I said? Was that what hurt you? I'm telling you, the fear of the Lord has a dimension wrapped into it. Let's stand. Something's about to happen right now in your world. You know what the first action was that God did in the church? After they got the Holy Ghost and got baptized, because it wasn't a church until they got the Holy Ghost and got baptized. Amen? So it wasn't a church. So the first action to the church after they got the Holy Ghost and got baptized, listen to it, Acts 2 and 43, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. He said, I'm going to first restore the fear of the Lord. Once I restore the fear of the Lord, you're going to have tons of miracles. You're going to restore the fear of the Lord if you'll allow God to do that right now and cast off every other fear. And when that happens, miracles from night right now are going to start multiplying in this church, Brother Brown. You're going to get to a point in a service where you'll have more victory reports than you'll have prayer requests. And I want you to cast off every fear, everything that causes you to hesitate when God says he's going to do something, and you get that hesitation. Does everybody know what that is? Everybody recognize that? Raise your hand if you understand what I'm talking about. I know it's a simple request, but if you understand, you get this hesitation. Well, I don't know if God's going to do something or not. Yeah, that ever happened to you before? Just wave your hand. I want to see. I want to see if that's ever happened to you before. And some of you are so far away from God, you didn't even know it was happening. Because that's what that is. You don't recognize that God's, God's trying to get you to move into an arena, and some, you've become accustomed to the hesitation that you no longer consider it a hesitation. You've learned how to live with it. It's like being sick, and you no longer consider yourself sick. So when people pray for the sick, you don't even get prayed for anymore, because you've learned to live with it. You no longer consider yourself sick. I had that happen in Canada one time. I said, raise your hands if you're sick. Three people raised their hands. God said, no, there's 33. I said, well, Lord, no offense, but it looks like three. He said, well, I'm not offended. He said, but it's 33. I said, ask him again. So I asked him again, three. He said, it's 33. I said, okay, well, I need help because the other 30 people don't hear me or something. They're all deaf. He said, no. He said, they've learned how to live with it. 
And they no longer consider themselves sick because medication has become their assistance and they no longer are looking for me to heal them. I'm not against medication. I'm just telling you that when medication becomes your ultimate resolve and you no longer look for God to heal you, you no longer consider yourself sick. Does that make sense? And God said, tell them that and then ask them. 33 people raised their hands. I'm talking about 70-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 20-year-olds. I'm talking about a 73-year-old man that was healed of a fusion in his back where his spine, I don't know what was happening, deteriorating, and God healed him. I'm talking about a 77-year-old man who God opened his ear in Canada and then gave me his glasses. And I said, oh, I don't need those, sir. And he just gave them to me, and I said, well, no, though." Just go ahead and keep them. And he put them in his pocket. God took his cataracts off his eyes. And I thought, my Lord, what are you trying to tell me, Lord? He said, I'm trying to get my people to look at me under the fear of the Lord as the God who healeth all their diseases. I thought, wow. So I want you to come to the altar, everyone. You came to church, so come to the altar. I mean, why come to church if you're not going to come to the altar? That's not very smart. That's like saying, I'm going to the restaurant, but I'm not going to eat, and I'm starving. So so just come to the altar. That's right, because God's going to help us right now. God's going to help us right now. Is this all right? Is this all right? I want you to feel comfortable because this is a good place. Acérquense, si se pueden acercar al altar. If you need to sit down, because you're too tired, I understand, come sit on the front row, front first two rows, and sit on the first two rows. That way you don't have to stand the whole time. But just come close. Come close. Bring her, bring her close. Bring her with you. Bring her close. Bring her up here so she can sit right here close to the presence. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. 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 Now, you're not going to pray for yourself, because you don't believe for yourself as much as you believe for somebody else. It's easier. Why? Because I don't know the details of your life. So I can believe God's going to do everything for you. Because I don't know you. You can't believe that for yourself is easy because you know what you're going through. You know what you're dealing with. So it's harder for your brain to step over in a moment, even in an hour or two, and say God's going to do everything. Because you've been suffering with the stuff. You've been suffering. But let me tell you that the heaviness that you've been dealing with in your life is going to leave you. I can tell you that only because God just showed it to me right now. And this darkness that's been over you, it's like a cloud that won't go away. It's going to just disappear. So I'm going to ask my wife to turn, and she's going to pray for you. And then, sir, I want you to find somebody else so you can pray with that person. Turn around and let that man pray for you. And the same with everyone in this room. Find somebody you don't live with. You know them too well. Find someone you don't live with and turn toward him and ask him, would you let me pray for you? Ask him, would you let me pray for you? Ask him, would you let me pray for you? Now, you're going to lay your hands on their shoulders. Don't lay your hand on their head quite yet. And, and when you lay your hand on their shoulder, remember, you're making a point of contact. 
You are now engaging with this person, and you're going to ask the Lord, Lord, cut off every fear that causes a hesitation from the fear of the Lord being able to operate and this person being able to receive miracles, signs, and wonders. And begin now to cast off every fear that comes from hell, every fear that comes from our society, every fear that comes from the influence of financial pressures, every fear. That's it. Lift up your voice and begin to pray one for another. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, for my friend here in this house today. In the name of Jesus Christ, cut off, Lord, the fears, God, that try to cause hesitation in the powerful atmosphere of your throne room. God, I'm asking you right now, in Jesus' name, I pray for my friend, God, today in this hour. Cut off, God, the stuff that would cause the mind to think, well, God can't do this and God cannot do that. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. That's it. Lift up your voice. Open your mouth. Let your spirit out. That's it. Begin to cry out unto the Lord and let the Lord hear your cry right now and attend unto your supplication by the authority of the word of God. And by the power of the name Jesus and by the anointing that is upon us as children of God. I I pray now by the name Jesus Christ, Lord God, cast off every fear of hell. Every fear that brings doubt, every fear that brings depression, every fear that brings anxiety, cast it off, cast it off in Jesus' name. Every fear that brings sickness, every fear that brings disease, every fear that brings negativity, every fear, God, that brings anger or wrath or malice or envy or jealousy, every fear, oh God, that brings self-righteousness. Right there. Right there. That's the spiritual breakthrough. Right there. Right there. That's the spiritual God, let every fetter fall now. Moreke, let it begin to dissipate, disappear, disengage, lo recototerreje, and disconnect. Moreke, satelebo shanamahata. That's it. Why don't you clap your hands for just a moment? Can you lift your voice for just a moment? Rocco, come on. We're about to step into the fear of the Lord. We're about to step out of the fears that try to grip us and hold us. Now, would you lift your hands if it's possible? If it's possible, would you lift your hands and lift your head? And would you begin to tell Jesus, forgive me, Lord, of every sin and every attachment to this world. Forgive me, God. Forgive me. 
Lord, of everything that does easily beset me and cause me to go back into a bad habit or some cycle of life that I can't seem to shake, God, forgive me right now. Forgive me, Lord, of any offenses that came to me or that I caused in somebody else's life. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for anything that caused me to doubt, Lord. Lord, forgive me right now of presumptuous sins. God, sins I don't even know that I committed by reason of not understanding the laws of God. Forgive me, oh God. Forgive me for allowing the social environment and the social system to affect my thinking and change my mind contrary to the word of God forgive me for adultery or sin or some kind of lust of the flesh or lust of the eyes or some pride of life God I pray forgive me God forgive me for hands that shed innocent blood or feet that are swift to running to mischief God forgive me oh Lord why because it's opening the door it's causing the heavens to be open right now so you can have access to the ultimate dimension of under the fear of the Lord, Lord Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. That's it. Begin to tell him, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness. Begin to receive that. Don't live in condemnation. Don't let something tie you up and don't let something hold you back. That's it. Receive. Receive. Receive of the Lord. Now we're going to step in just a moment into the fear of the Lord dimension and God's going to start doing miracles, healing physical body parts, healing broken hearts and dreams, healing mental capacities, healing imaginations, healing broken dreams, healing despondency and doubts and stuff that just about caused your mind to give up, healing you from the spirit of suicide ever coming back to you on my left side, your right side, young man, healing the abuse you suffered as a child, healing. The root system that was distorted under authority where you've not you've had a hard time with authority. Healing. Healing, anger, healing, the anger you've struggled with and wrestled with, healing in causing the love of God to come in its place, healing. I want you to lift your hands and tell Jesus something. Would you lift your hands and say, Jesus, I receive your forgiveness right now in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to turn to a person and lay your hands on their head if it's appropriate. If they don't have the Holy Ghost, make it your responsibility to pray them through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If they are not baptized in Jesus' name, make it your responsibility to explain this Acts chapter 2 prior to the fear of the Lord being restored. They had been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost because that's where proper fear of the Lord is restored. And if you're praying for somebody that already has the Holy Ghost, I want you to begin to pray for 
for miracles, signs, and wonders right now as they step into the fear of the Lord. Let every childhood disease, let every dilemma and dysfunction of the physical body now give itself up to the healing of the Lord that is upon you now. I lay my hands on you in Jesus' name. I lay my hands on you in Jesus' name. Be thou healed in your heart. Be thou healed in your soul. Be thou healed in your mind. Be thou healed in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ in the Lekora Rehasete Lebora would you open your mouth now and begin to speak in tongues as the Spirit gives you the utterance all over this building. That's it, all over this building. Open your mouth, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. The Holy Ghost is upon you now. Speak in tongues because the Spirit is giving you utterance. Speak in tongues because the Lord is giving you access. Speak in tongues because His Spirit is causing healing in your body right now. In the name of Jesus, that's it. Let that go. That's God. That's it. Don't keep your mouth closed. Open your mouth right now. That is the Lord. That is the Lord. That is the Lord. That is the Lord. In the recota. Dele voz. Dele voz. Hable en lenguas como el Espíritu te da para hablar. Dele voz. Dele voz. Causa que el Espíritu que está sobre ti comience a causar algo suceder en tu cuerpo, en tu mente, en tu alma, en tu vaso. En el nombre de Jesús. Eso es. Ese es el Espíritu Santo viniendo sobre ti.
in the name of Jesus that's it that's it pray with somebody else pray with somebody else that's it minister as the spirit gives you the ability right now right now that's your window of time stretch yourself come on ministry team get to somebody else get to somebody else that's it talk in That's it. Let the Lord do that. That's it. Don't stop quite yet. Let God continue. Let God amen, begin to exponentially multiply that. Let God. I know you may not be accustomed to staying in an altar this long, but go ahead and stretch yourself just a little further and let God do exactly that right there. That's his spirit. That's his help. That's his strength. That's the dimension of the fear of the Lord where stuff begins to turn. Stuff begins to change. Stuff begins to metabolize. More There's great surgery happening right now. 
I want you to put your hands on at least two or three people around you right now and just keep what's going happening right now. Right now. Let that utter, let that speech that's coming out right now keep moving. It's like an undertow and that's, that's surgery. This is the internal parts being healed. This is internal parts being healed right now. There's surgery happening in people's marriages. There's surgery happening in people's personal lives. There's surgery happening right now from cause and effect that has happened. Even when you were abused, God is handling abuse right now. He's healing abusive situations that took place in this room right here. Let the Holy Ghost move into the depths of that. That's it. That's it. Let it flow. Evil can't get in here. Evil can't get in here. It's the fear of the Lord. It's the fear of the Lord. It's a deep calling unto deep. It's the divine calling unto the natural so he can do supernatural things right now in the morrow. And while you don't have your hands on your problem right now, because you have your hands in the atmosphere of the Lord, God's starting to deal with problems. By the time you get back to them, something has changed, something has turned, something has caused a cause and effect to transpire because and by reason of holding on to the Lord under the fear of the Lord. And now by the time you look back and think you're trying to handle something, God's already beat you to the punch, if you will. He's already got there before you, and he's processing a miracle. He's processing a miracle. Shut up.
I want you to check your bodies. First of all, let's deal with physical pain. Check your body. If you had something in your body physically that was healed, whether it was pain, a tumor, a lump, something left, raise your hand and thank God for healing you if something happened to you during this service. What happened to you, ma'am? What were you healed of? Hmm? Who raised their hand? De que sanastes? Who raised your hand? I wasn't. I'm not clear. If you got healed, raise your hand. What happened to you, sir? How long had you had it? Number of years. And what couldn't you do before without pain? Oh, well, movement. She moved. Well, check it out. Let's check. How's that? Yeah. Okay, there's still a little bit, but then it, I felt like, uh, how can I say it? It's almost like maybe... 80% of it just kind of flushed out. Flushed yeah, out. Which means you're being healed. Okay, that means problem. that's exactly right. That's why 80% left and the rest is leaving, yeah. leaving, leaving. Yeah. Now, I want you to say, I disconnect myself from this. I disconnect myself from this. It is no longer mine. It is no longer mine. I am healed. I am healed. In the name of Jesus. Throw your arms up and say Jesus three Jesus. times. I want to ask, how many of you, yes, what happened to you? It's funny because I was sitting there and as you were praying and, and, and um, preaching, I was praying for you to come and touch my shoulder. I had major um, surgery on my shoulder in 2011 and um, I'm still feeling pain when I lift my grandbaby, I'm feeling pain and Automatically, you came and touched my shoulder and prayed for me, and I said, that must be God doing something from you to me, and um, it feels so much better, and I hope when I hold my grandbaby tomorrow. Don't hope. Don't You're going to hold your grandbaby, and it's not going to hurt. When I hold him, that, um, you know. Oh, here, somebody bring a baby. We got a baby for her to hold? Come on, hurry up. Bring a baby. Or bring a chair or something. And it looks like a baby. Bring something. Quick. Come on, help me. Don't just stare at me. You're not Baptist. You're Pentecostal. No offense. Well, let's move. Amen. Somebody bring me something she can hold. Quickly. 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 What do we got? They're get, grabbing a baby out of the nursery? Okay. There comes one. Here, hold her. Here, try it out. That's beautiful. How's that? How's that feel? It feels good. That's what it's going to feel like tomorrow. Somebody shout with her. Is that all right? Oh, somebody give a praise. Come on. We're in the fear of the Lord. No evil's coming at your house. No evil's coming at your finances. No evil's coming at your family. Who else got healed? Who else got healed? Who else got healed? Algo pasó? ¿Qué pasó? 
¿Sanaste? ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué sucedió? No, siempre ha estado enfermo. El brazo. El brazo. Her arm has been. She had an accident years ago from a trailer. She was in a coma. She got real messed up. She was all broken up when she came out of that accident. She came out of the, the, the coma. Lo tengo que decir, aunque ya pasó años, pero el cuerpo, la espina dorsal se movió, la cadera, y siempre me ha molestado. She's had difficulty from her spine, her all the way up through her, to, through, through her scalp. Entonces este brazo, And this arm, all the ligaments were all messed up. Cuerpo, ya, los años tal vez, pero todo se ha estado... Otra vez, volviendo. And it's been returning possibly because of age as well. And today all the pain left. Yeah. She said, I believe all my ligaments are fine now. She said, you didn't have any pain. Somebody clap under the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, how many of you had an emotional shift? Not an emotional movement, but an emotional shift. Something actually cleared up in your spirit. Something left. Raise your hand. You had an emotional healing take place today. Something. I'm not going to ask you, so don't be afraid to lift your hands. I'm not going to ask you to spill your information in public, okay? I'm smarter than that. So, but I just want to know, because there's multiple people that had a shift in the spirit take place. Well, let me tell you that when God removes something, it is not to remove it to not put something there. He removes it in order to replace it with something that he had already prepared. So here's what I'd like for us to do prior to finishing. I want the musicians to come. We're going to sing a song of worship and praise in just a moment. And as they're coming, I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to now receive in all the places where God created uh, emptiness, if you will, because he removed something, and now he's going to put something in its place. In other words, where there was anger, he's going to give joy in that place. Where there was sorrow, he's going to give peace in that place or hope in that place. Where there was whatever the case was, now God's going to impart something in that place. Now, would you lift your voice with your hands, and would you just begin to worship him? I worship you, Lord Jesus, and I praise your holy name. God, I thank you, Lord Zikarima for your mercy endureth all generations God and I receive what you're pouring into my human spirit I receive what you're pouring into my vessel right now I receive what you're pouring into my life I receive what you're pouring into my Lord capacity emotionally right now God I receive it in the name of Jesus into my mind into my heart into my soul in the my being in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus give me a that's it begin to clap your hands and I want you to begin to take it into your spirit come on 
Somebody give praise unto God with a great shout right now. Hallelujah! Your light broke through my night, restored exceeding joy. Restored exceeding joy, your grace, your 
Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. You want to continue to pray, you can pray. Just a reminder, at 4 o'clock, we're going to be meeting over here in the adjacent uh, where we have Bible studies on Thursdays for the gifts of the Spirit. Brother Hernandez will be there with us. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. Why don't you give a person next to you a hug? Tell them how much you appreciate them, love them in the Lord. Amen. And let the joy of the Lord spill over. Amen. Listen to this. I knew it was the Holy Ghost when I talked to this young man right here, now standing right here. You remember what I told him about asthma? He has suffered from asthma. And he told me, I said, what'd you feel? I said, you feel? He said, man, I feel free. I said, you feel a pressure release? He said, yeah, exactly. I said, have you been able to breathe like this? He said, not for a long, long time. Tell him how you feel. Better just free, free. Breathe in deep. Like, yeah, real deep. Yeah, how's that? That good? Somebody clap your hands. Somebody just got healed of asthma. Creative stuff. Come on, give somebody a high five and tell them, hey, creative stuff. Tell them, creative stuff. Creative stuff.